The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, tonight I have Sean McKeon in studio. You're back. I'm back. I've been hiding. Where? In my places. <laughs> A lot has changed since the last time I've seen you. I'm trying to think. Uh, the last time I had you on here, your dad, when, when Ron, your dad, passed away, was... Have you been on the show since? No. Oh, yeah. That's right. We were supposed to do a show. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, when we... You got to do that funeral during that week, mm-hmm. and uh, give a just give the listeners a little background on what's yeah. been going on, because um, it, it was a, it was an amazing story, on, honestly, about just even your dad's story from yeah. when we all met in high school and stuff, to where God... Um, got how he got a hold of him. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Um, you know, at the, the funeral, uh, I told Ryan and a, a lot of people before that I was going to surprise everybody at the funeral and end it with a, the radio show when my dad called in a few years ago, and it was an epic way to close it. My dad called in to you, kind of <laughs> apologizing for the way he treated you when we were younger because he always blamed you for me getting a lot of trouble, but obviously we were all kind of living our own lives and just... Acting crazy. You threw rocks, which is in the book. You threw rocks at the teacher's parking lot. Cars. Yes. yes. You were way worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So, you know what's crazy, Ryan? It's like, um, it's been it's been a trip, you know, to be honest, over the last couple, uh, it's probably almost been two months. I mean, it, my dad passed away April 6th. So, yeah, we're coming close to, to two months right now. And a lot of people would ask, like, was it expected or unexpected? Um, I had had multiple conversations with people that I felt like this year was going to be my dad's last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was slowing down in a lot of ways. Not, not his um, mental uh, ability mental, was yeah. he was still good. Like, so he never hit like rock bottom at all. But like physically, he had he had been passing out like three or four times in the last six months, and nobody really knew why. We were running all the tests, and he was being obedient to it, which my dad hated going to doctors and stuff. And what was the obedience? He couldn't, he, he couldn't eat a certain way? Well, he couldn't eat a certain <laughs> way, but he did like lose like 30-some pounds like in the last few months, so he was kind of doing it. And there's other things, but a lot of the tests are coming back, not showing anything out of the ordinary other than get in shape, take care of yourself. Um, and so... About six months ago, I actually got a phone call on a Sunday morning. I thought my dad passed away. At that moment, my mom called me, and she was just kind of like crying on the phone. I, I, and she, they just left church like an hour prior. And she goes, I think, I think dad passed away. He died. I'm like, what? I'm like, all right, where are you at? They're at the restaurant. I'm like, okay, I'm on my way. And as I'm on the phone with her, he comes back. Um, and so it was kind of crazy, but you felt your heart drop. Okay. And we get there, and they run tests, and he's fine. But it happened three or four times. Anyway, as you reflect back, like, on your dad's life, like, yeah. um, it's pretty crazy because me and my dad have always been close. Um, I'm fortunate. Like, uh, we, we talked about how I did drive my dad crazy growing up. But my dad was always down for us, always. Mm-hmm. I never doubted his love for us. I really have no regrets in my relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, the day he would go to be with the Lord, the night before he was at my son's baseball games, he was always encouraging to my kids. My kids loved him so much. Um, 
And so for me, I'd go have lunch with him probably once or twice a month. He would come here, meet me at the office. And sometimes I would record him. So he'd be talking about all his project stories and guys that he fought at, at work or <laughs> telling somebody off on the road and stuff. And he's like, he'd always end by saying, but don't tell your mama. Don't tell, don't, your tell, mama. don't tell your mama. Yeah, because mom thinks I'm going to get shot or something. Um, that, and by the way, that funeral was like... It was sad, obviously, but it yeah. was thinking hilarious because all the stories about your dad. My brother's hilarious, too. Dude, I was literally, <laughs> like, I was in the back, and I know you can hear my laugh, dude. I was laughing so hard just going, because yeah. all the stories, your brother, your mom, your mom, your mom killed it. About yeah, what your dad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the one when my mom was saying, because my mom is like an angel, like, she's like, <laughs> like morally, like, on point always, and oh, the, the fact that they totally opposites. Yeah. Um, and she said they'd be in line and my dad would be nudging her aside because didn't want anybody to cut, cut in. in. And she's like, Ron, Ron, calm down. She's like, you never make it in the projects, he told her. You know? <laughs> she's like, I probably wouldn't run make it in the projects. Yeah, those moments. He, he grew up in the projects in New York. My right? No, no, not New York. It was in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, And like right. uh, in Los Angeles at that time, he grew up on the projects yeah. and it was mostly a black neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, my dad was the only white family there. So all the guys that he fought were black and all of his friends were black. Yeah. You know, and my dad's influence on our lives, um, just his attitude, not taking anything from nobody. Um, and then music. I mean, he I, as a young kid, dude, like I knew like old music, like Fats Domino, obviously Elvis Presley. Yeah. You know that. Like yeah. we, even when we were like younger, like yeah. I was on to the Beastie Boys and Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. or whatever. But then me and my brother would still listen to Elvis when we were yeah. like in high school. Elvis, that's <laughs> it, true. It didn't make sense to a lot of people. Uh -huh. But for us... Um, it was something that was like a foundation. I've been listening to a lot of Elvis all the way since my dad died because it, yeah. it really triggers a lot of memories. Totally. Um, and yeah. so anyway, with that being said, like he shaped us. I think our ability to talk trash to people, have a sense of humor, you know, be loyal to our, our family, work hard, being on time, all those kind of things have kind of instilled by my, my dad. Um, you're never completely ready. Um, but we were prepared, as I said, and, you know, um, I'm, we're, we're, pa I'm a pastor, you know, you're an evangelist, you're doing ministry. We, we're dealing of life and death situations all the time. Yeah, yeah. And we know like the whole gospel message, it's predicated upon death and life yeah. and eternity. Heaven's real, you know? And so the Bible tells us that we are not to mourn as other people that mourn without hope. And I would say that's true. Like I don't mourn in the aspect of, um, I know where my dad's at. But you do have different emotions. My mom works through them today. You're like, you miss them. You miss them coming around the corner. You miss uh, having that conversation. I, I've caught myself multiple times, like, going to call him. It doesn't go too far, but just, like, that desire to call him. And, like, well, he's gone. Like, you know, so it's kind of like working through all, all of those kind of moments in your life. Um, but at the end of the day, it is really remembering, like, you can't take a day for granted. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful that I don't have regrets in my relationship mm -hmm. with him. You know, I drove him crazy. I mean, my dad threatened my life, I don't know how many times growing up, because he didn't understand the drugs and the alcohol to the extreme. He didn't understand that. Yeah. Like, he, he was not that way. He drank a little bit back in the day, but that wasn't his thing. So it tore him up mm -hmm. when he saw my life being destroyed and by, getting yeah. me out of uh, jail for DUIs and stuff like that. But by God's grace, he saw... My life changed and transformed. He saw me get married. He saw me have children. Um, he saw me invested in my children, going to all their baseball games and everything. So, you know, yeah, the service was epic. And like a lot of people have been saying the same thing because uh, at a 
how you end your life matters. And I think that more than ever, like this is just for the listeners out there as well. Like do inventory on your life. Like you truly don't know what day, what uh, one day can change everything in your life. You want to make sure that you're living out your purpose in life. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you're influencing people mm -hmm. and you're, you're not living in vain, right? That's what I'd say. Yeah. You know, as I'm listening to what you're saying, I'm just thinking like how your dad had such a great influence, just hearing all those stories and um, just being available, being present, going to the games. That went such a long way yeah. with them. And how you were saying that you have no regrets. Like you spent time with your, your dad yeah. and your mom. And that's something that, that people have to find uh, the balance. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, not everyone even has the, the, um, the opportunity. Some people, you know, you hear about people leaving their parents at a young age yeah. or they go to the East Coast or yeah. vice versa or whatever. But um, it's, it's, it's important to, to spend time and, and to learn and hear what they have to say. And so you have no regrets. I don't really have regrets, seriously. Like, you know, and I know we all get busy. My dad was cool like that, too. Like, he'd call me. Sometimes he'd call, so his brother was saying, like, he'd call like seven times a day. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, what you doing? And then he'd call sometimes, and then he really had nothing to say, but it was just him calling. Yeah. And I know, like, me and my brother talked, like, he'd call for nothing. We're busy. My brother's a firefighter, yeah. captain. You know, I have a lot of stuff going on. Um, and so, yeah, there's some times where you're maybe short, you're being quick or whatnot. But at the end of the day, my dad would always be, oh, I don't want to take away from you. I don't, uh, you know, I know you're busy, yeah. you know, but he'd always do little things. I, I, I think I said that day too. My dad, he always looked at us as his, his kids, like even as the grown men, like he'd be like, yeah. hey boy, you, you got a jacket on? You know, like stuff uh, like that. Like true. he just always looked out for you. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think with all of us, I think everyone can relate to this. You can relate to this. Like sometimes our parents harp on us on different times in life and you just like tune them out sometimes, you know, and I've done that before too, um, with him and with my mom at times. But at, at the end of the day, like I truly value every aspect of, of that relationship. Um, and so, yeah, it, when I got the call, I got the call. I was here. Uh, I was, I was at the church actually. It was April 6th that morning. My brother called me. He's like, did you talk to mom? I'm like, no, she thinks dad died. And then I'm like, really? I'm like, I dropped everything. I was supposed to do straight talk with your dad. And I had to can't. Gary Beeler yep. was coming up. And yes, that we had day. to cancel yep. it. And I, and I took off going to my house. And it seemed like it took forever. Because my, my parents live about 30 minutes away. Yeah. But there was traffic. So it took me like 45 minutes to get there. And as I get there, uh, the firefighters were working on were just finished working on my dad. Actually, they just pronounced him uh, a dead. And seeing my brother Ryan was there and my mom, and it was just a crazy aspect of my dad being there uh -huh, and that uh -huh. whole scene. God gave me a lot of strength, a um, lot of peace to be real. And I actually was talking to my wife about it the other day. Like, I don't even know. My emotions were just still. Yeah. Like, I didn't break down crying uh -huh. or anything like that. I was almost processing everything, and I kind of felt like I had to be strong for my mom and my brother. Because uh -huh. uh, my brother, Ryan, even though he's a firefighter captain or whatever, I mean, he worked on his dad. He yeah, tried, he tried dude, to give CPR really. and everything to my dad. Well, the, the, what's him. that scripture that says? God will give you peace beyond all understanding. Yeah. And it's just that supernatural. You can't understand it, but it's just he shows up at that Yeah, it was, it, was it was pretty crazy. And you go through the details, and just, oh, this is real. You know, you're dealing with the coroners. You're dealing with funeral homes and all that kind of uh -huh. stuff like that first day and yep. 
you know, and then, then, you know, uh, just leave, you know, taking his body out and everything. And it's just us, the family and my brother's coming over or our wives would come over and just kind of now we're entering into a new, new chapter in our lives, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, no, it's been, it's been I, that day. Like I said, I didn't break down and I really am not an emotional guy. I just yeah. really am not too much. And I almost feel bad for that. Like, I'm like, do I have a cry, heart? Cry, please <laughs> cry. But yeah. on Tuesday night, I, that was that was a Tuesday night. I was on my way home, and uh, as I'm driving home, I'm solo. And like I said, my dad loved Elvis. So anytime I think of Elvis, an old uh -huh. autobiography, I always think about my dad. And there's this one song, and I had it played at the ceremony. That was a good song. But it was a country song. It's by Conway Twitty. That's my job. And dude, that song's like hard to listen to, but my dad loved it so much. And that song, I think it broke me when I was on my way home. I was thinking, mm. like just weeping in the car. Uh -huh. I was got on the exit, got back on, just doing circles around my house before uh -huh. I would get home. Uh -huh. And then I, I came home, walked in, trying to like, uh -huh. you know, yeah. make sure I was good because I didn't want my kids to seem all broken and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. then I was in the kitchen and Nicole came down and as soon as she saw me, I just broke. Dang. And it seemed like every night mm -hmm. I would kind of break like that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a, it wasn't an out of control. It was just like this love and adoration that I had, had for my dad and more the love that he had for me. Uh -huh. Think about my mom, you know, yeah, and yeah. Yeah. I think this is what we all go through. You yeah. know, this last 2020, a lot of people lost a lot of friends and family. And so mm -hmm. it gives us a time to sympathize. My, my dad did not pass away by any of the COVID stuff. I know a lot of people ask that question. It wasn't. My dad wasn't sick at all as far as flu or anything like that my dad's heart literally just stopped mm. and what's the craziest thing is like my dad you know your dad's claustrophobic uh, uh pastor all like and my dad like they both are the same like when they've had to go in in those tubes or whatnot they can't do it like your yeah. dad has to go in an open tube thing too my dad like this one time they tried to put him in there and he was screaming out there he's like let me out of this thing i'm gonna break this whole thing thing you know and uh, he didn't do well in like doctors or hospitals like that. So God was really merciful because my dad would not have been good if he was ever like an invalid or anything. It would have been really hard. Uh, he seriously had breakfast with my mom, drank his coffee, sitting in his spot. Yeah. And he just went like it was just like the computer screen just shut off. Like seriously, there was no gasp. There was yeah. no yelling my mom's name. There was just that was done. It. So and your, your, crazy. your mom said that he uh, he loved that remote control. Yeah, that you couldn't get it out of his hand. <laughs> you know what's so crazy? <laughs> and he had it in his hand when he yeah he yeah. took his last breath. He had it there. You know what's so crazy, <laughs> Ryan? Like, I think that you know God speaks to us, right? And I think that even God was preparing all of us. Mm -hmm. Like, I think He was preparing my family. I think my mom in some ways. As you look back, like my dad spoke to every one of his brothers and sisters that last week. Yeah, like yep, I looked that. through his collogs, like something put on my heart. Let me let me go through his collog. Uh. All of his brothers and sisters, all of us. Um, it was just crazy, and my mom told me, you know, my dad was like, you know, too conservative, right? Too patriot in so many ways, and uh, politics and everything. And everybody had such a hard time with politics, right? In the end of 2020 and everything with the election, all that kind of stuff, and. You know, my dad could get fired up about all that stuff too, but he kind of the last few months, he kind of eased off of everything. He wanted, wasn't watching news much anymore. Yeah. My mom told me he was watching like old shows, like old, um, 
Lone Ranger shows, which is like stuff that he grew up with as a kid. Yeah, yeah. So he was like watching these shows and old 50s, 60s movies and everything. Like he was in like a this chill mode. Uh-huh. And that's what I'm saying. Like it's almost like like God was really preparing him uh, for the end of his life, you know. And I just now it's just like with everything. Like we preach of, about this all the time of having hope in eternity. Yeah. And it yeah. just gives us an example to live out our faith. No, but that's it's funny because as you're uh, saying all this stuff, I'm thinking like. Because we're having a conversation about your dad yeah. that passed, you know, and this is a heavy, very heavy subject. But what's so awesome is like we know because it's the hope. It's the hope that we die and we raise from the dead. Yeah. Right. And heaven is a, it's a real place. It was created for 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 us that, that believe in Christ, that have that relationship. And we know that the hope is that we're going to see each other once again. It says there'll be no more tears, yeah. no more sorrow. Uh, ever again. So when we are reunited with our loved ones, this is the great hope. So we could have this conversation like, yes, this is true. Mm-hmm. He's missed. Yeah. You're, you're talking about several nights crying back to back. And um, you know, you'll, you'll, never, you'll never stop missing your mom, yeah. your dad, you know, your brothers, you know, whoever, whoever, your friends that pass away, that they're always going to be there in, in your heart. But the hope is that one day we will all be reunited so this is why you can have this conversation now because he was a believer yeah and we will see him does that change that you're gonna miss him no but yes it this is not the end yeah. and that's the one thing that's that's really terrifying that if you're not a Christian yeah uh, it, you're here on earth and this is it it's like and then people, you know, someone passes away and it's like oh we'll never see him again or or the, or people say oh yeah we'll see him on the other side well, the question is this, will you really see them on the other side? Mm-hmm. Or are you, how do, what make, what makes you think you're going to see him on the other side? What confirms, what solid foundation do you believe in or that you have that you will see this other person? Because if the solid, if, if what you believe is not true and it's just a, what you think just because mm-hmm. you're like, oh yeah, yeah, all good people go to heaven or whatever, whatever you think. Is it truth? And that's scary because that even goes to like your belief system of like, where are you gonna be? Yeah. If you die. Yeah. You know, and 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 we've talked about life. We talk about life or death all the time because this is where we're in the ministry yeah. of of of. Uh, I mean, I got this crazy story I told you earlier today is that this church that we were at in Arkansas, the wor- the main worship leader and the assistant to the pastor, her son got ran over in the parking lot yesterday, <sighs> last night six years old in the parking lot at church. We oh were just Lord. with them a couple days ago. Oh man. Life or death. We're surrounded by life or death. Always. Yes. There's always because the position we're at, people are in the hospital, they're dying, they got liver problems, whatever. They got COVID, funerals, how many funerals we do here? We're always around it. And the thing is, this is why the gospel is so important. That Jesus says, whosoever believeth in him, believe that he is the son of God and has a relationship with him, will live forever. Mm. And we have to know that you know what you stand on, what you believe is true. Because if not, the scary thing about afterlife is there's heaven and there's hell. Mm-hmm. Now, what does the Bible say about hell? There'll be gnashing of teeth. Basically, you'll have all your senses. You'll be able to Because from studying the scriptures mm-hmm. of Lazarus, when he was in hell, there was smell, there was taste. Yes. There's memory. There's um, well, you could feel, right? You could feel um, 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 all these different things, and, and it says that you at the grant, the final judgment you'll be 
cast with Satan and his demons and everyone that didn't believe in God into uh, outer darkness, in blackness forever torment. and, and torment. Yeah. Now, that is a very scary thing to be, and it's not a subject you want to go light with to say, oh, well, I'll just see him on the other side. Yes. Like, dude, do you really know what the other side is? And do you know where you're going? Yeah. And I would, I would tell people personally that you might, you need to do your homework because eternity is forever and ever. You know, it's, it's the thing that you can't, you can't come back from. Like once you take your last breath on this earth, then you enter eternity and wherever you align with God is where you end up. And like your father, he was a Christian mm -hmm. rough around the edges. Yeah. Christian. He loved God. And we know that when he took his last breath, angels were there to take him to heaven and he would see God. And now he's there resting in paradise, yeah. partying in paradise, waiting for the rest of the family. But it's a serious thing. But we, that's the hope we have. No, no, it's a, it's a hope, hope we have. And it's a living hope, the Bible says, yeah. right? It's mm -hmm. like, it's a, it's a hope that you can have daily. Yeah. Like when you like, I don't fear death. Like yeah. seriously, and be able to say that, like yeah. even at, at 44 years old, like if God calls me home, whether it's through a sickness or whether it's a car accident or whatever it may be, understand like I know in whom I believe. And that hope, that drive in the, in the scriptures is what caused men and women to give their lives for the faith, to understand of the pains and trials of life as, mm -hmm. as a whole. Like it kept them going forward because they recognize that this world is temporary at best. Even if you have a lot of good things on this earth, they are temporary. And I think that point that you're bringing up is important because um, we can take these things so lightly. And I think that when you lose a loved one in your life, it should motivate you more of sharing the gospel, understand that you have hope, you desire people to have hope. You know, people fear death. You know, I, I think it was an old Marvin Gaye song that used to say, like in the, in the chorus, it's like, uh, a few things that are promised always, and it's death, taxes, and I don't know if it's grief or pain or whatever, but death is guaranteed to all of us, you know? The consequences of death are two vast different things. Hope, eternity, heaven with Christ, hell, destruction, torment with the enemy. And all of it comes down to a simple choice. Acknowledging that you're a sinner, asking Christ into your life, having your sins forgiven, and it's not the, just the, the good person or the, the person that does everything right in life. Like, dude, we all fall short. Mm -hmm. We're all a mess. Mm -hmm. But when we ask Christ into your life and we're forgiven of our sins and we start this journey with the Lord, the Bible says, as, as Christ forgave the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. There's a, a living hope that is that's given to you today. And life has too much confusion in the world today. People are so stressed out. Depression, we talk about this all the time, is on, on record highs. Suicides, record highs. Um, I've been talking about a big issue happened here recently with a, a firefighter that kind of lost it and shot up a, a station. Like, people are hurting in the days that we're living in today. And the only way that you're going to be able to navigate through this crazy world is to have a living hope that's found in the Lord. And even when you lose loved ones, because when you lose a loved one and you don't have peace, dude, you go crazy. Like, I don't know how people function through all, all this stuff. Well, they're like, are we ever going to see him again? What's mm -hmm. going on? I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff, you know, that, yeah. that goes on yeah. um, with them. Well, I would encourage people uh, that are listening now, you know, life is short. 
And it's so important to, to, to have that, that word of God. I mean, I don't know about you, man, but if I'm not studying or like, you know, when I say studying, I'm just like listening to a Bible study. Okay. Yeah. Or if I'm like reading the Bible or, or a devotion of the day, if I don't have that time, Dude, my my life, I get I feel off. Yeah, me too. You know, because that spirit, it needs it needs to to feed off the word of God. That's mm -hmm. we don't live by bread alone. The uh, Jesus says it's the word of God, and um, I would encourage people to to press in to have a relationship with God. Those anxieties, the depression, suicide, addiction, even like hurt and pain from like lost ones and all these things, God will meet you. Mm -hmm. But you have to like hear his voice. And how do you hear his voice? It's written in, 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 in yeah. scriptures all through the Bible. That's his voice from Genesis to Revelations. So if you read it, he will speak to you and he will help you um, in these times for that, for that living hope. Ryan, we're living in a hurting generation. You know that. You're on the streets. You're dealing yeah. with a lot of people. You know, I, I see it too, like in people's lives. Um, I, I, I always bring up that I coach baseball, but I'm, in, I, I'm connected with so many families and young kids, and I just look at things from a different perspective in a lot of ways, you know? Seeing young kids being exposed to so many things at a young age, we talk about it, but just seeing it practically lived out, and it causes you to just have, have like this, this compassion on people, and then just hurting. Like, people are just hurting as, as a whole. Uh, things, people are so divided, you know? Um, People are lost in a lot of ways, and I, I think that we just need to pray for God to like do a work in our lives that we can have p compassion on people. What you brought up, it starts with that, like encouraging yourself in the Lord. Because myself, as a pastor, like I go through my seasons of uh, wilderness experiences. Sometimes, um, sometimes I, I feel like offbeat. Sometimes, sometimes I'm stressed out on different things that I'm facing. You know, me and my wife, I mean, we have a good relationship, but sometimes we're off, like, as far as she's stressed out. Like, I come home, the house is jacked up, you know, and, like, before you know it, yeah. like, you're just in this mix, and you could go down a road that you're just acting like the world as far as just, like, fleshed out and angry or whatever. And you always have, we always have to be aware of, like, dude, we are just sinners saved by grace. And yep. we just need to stay close to the heartbeat of God. I know that I'm an idiot if God's not number one in my life, and so I got to keep the Lord close. And that is the whole goal: is to continue to press in and hear His voice. And and sometimes we get distracted as far as like we think the enemy is just like uh, you stink, you can't do it. And that's what he wants to do: is he wants to get you off uh, track. So stay on track. Just keep fighting for it. Yep. It's a, it's a fight. It's a war. To continue, um, I want to plug a couple things here. We. Uh, we, the Whosoever's is on tour. Uh, we are doing a U U.S. mega tour. If you go to the whosoever's.com, uh, we have all the tour dates there. We're hitting like, where are we going? We're going to like, we're going to be up in... Um, Thousand Oaks. Thousand Oaks, Texas for, for a concert event. Um, Delaware. Are you going to Oregon too? I feel like you There's some to Oregon stuff happening. There's some Denver talk. There's some nice. um, Tennessee talk. So there's different things that are that are... We're booking right now, so hit us up at thewhosoever's.com. Book us. Um, I just got back from a tour, which I'll, I'll talk a little bit about on the on the next side of this. With um, I was out there with Sonny from POD, the lead singer from uh, the band POD, and the guitar player from Corn, Brian Head Welch, um, and then uh, Lucas, our tour manager. He was with us as well, and he does all the radio stuff too. But we had a, we had a good. Oh, and Tom Tom Gillis was out there, the, the pro snowboarder who's been on the show. Really cool stuff. Different vibe, man. Arkansas. 
How, yeah, I want to talk about that. After Arkansas. The break. You know, we're going to have to come back. I've never been to Arkansas. <laughs> and I'll tell you about my experience. Um, but go to thewhosomevers.com. We have products you can buy. We have a six slip on. It's called the Pray Hard. Um, I think you're wearing them right I'm now. Them Looking right now. good. They have a Pray Hard pattern, which is like a light gray, which uh, with the black, it looks really good. It's like monotone. It looks sick. And then it says Pray Hard on the back of the heel. Real nice. Um, all of our products fund our movement. I have this book out called Kill the Noise Finding Meaning Above the Madness. Came out on Hashit Publishing uh, recently. You can buy it anywhere books are sold. Uh, Amazon's, uh, it's actually number one release on Amazon since it actually started pre ordering. So um, it was, uh, has a good, a lot of good feedback, five stars. But what's really rad is the, the feedback I'm getting on this thing. I've been watching your Instagram. Man. I'm just posting the comments yeah, yeah. of what people are saying. Yeah. And, and, it's literally like I'm getting pictures of, of the book. It almost looks like a Bible. Mm. Well, because by the way, it's a it's a faith building book. It's a discipleship book. It has a Bible teaching, life application, Bible teaching, life application. I wanted it like a work workbook, but everyone's writing their notes. They're dating it stuff. They're like underlining stuff. They're like highlighting stuff. It's dude. It's really cool to see this book actually impact it's actually happening it came out legit I, I know we're going in a break here in a moment but just talking about the book like i me going through it prior for its release like i i thought it was really well and i'm like i'm can be biased because i know you well but i totally. also know your voice and I, I felt like it really stayed true to your voice all the way through it communicates it on a simple practical level and so i'm not surprised of the impact of the book mm. um but i think it's even surpassing what i envisioned as well I, I didn't know I'd see like notes and, you know, like it's almost like a study Bible. Almost yeah. like people are like, because there's so much scripture in there. But uh, what I love about it is I was reading the reviews and people are saying, I love how honest mm -hmm. it was, how raw, authentic and, and truthful. Because it's very like I use all my insecurities and my highs and lows all to bring out what God has done in my mm -hmm. life. And that is what people relate to. You know, but, well, we, we're, hey, we're at break. So. Okay. We'll do that. More of the Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now back, back to the Ryan Reese Show. Well, I was just showing Sean my motorcycle <laughs> that I got for. There it is. Look, for Asher, look, see it? <laughs> so he was driving around the house. My son's five years old, and then uh, Evelyn jumped on the back. Hit it. <laughs> That's so legit. dope. But yeah, he drives around. That's I think so it had cool. a little bit too much torque for him. Really? He got a little sketched out for a minute. <laughs> but dude, he, oh my gosh, he's amazing. We were just talking about kids at the break, and yep, they're growing, and they are a trip. They are hilarious. They're also unique individuals, even though our triplets are also so different. Oh, yeah. A lot different. But right, right before the break, we were talking about the book. Yeah, before, no. before we get on this tour, um, I've been reading the reviews and people are saying it's so authentic, it's so real, it's so transparent. And they're saying like, you know, I'm reading it for the second time and it's, uh, it's just a tool and it's, it's definitely uh, more than, I'm seeing more gnarly, amazing feedback than I thought. You know what's a, what I was thinking about with it? Like God's timing with everything. Because mm -hmm. I know you've thought about it or tried it a couple times or were about to. And then everything just came together at the wrong, wrong at right timing yeah. to put in the content that was supposed to be there. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You, Go ahead. Yeah, no, because, um, and before, like, whether it's just all about your story and all that developed, like, yes, there's parts of it, but, like, having that long-term vision where it's not just a testimonial book, like, it has some, 
some elements of that, but the base is kind of like bringing somebody to a, a thing of maturity and like understanding the ups and downs and struggles that we that we have, temptations, finding out who you are in Christ and finding a purpose, living it out, living by faith, like all being led by the Holy Spirit, like that's the practical aspect that we all have to realize because none of us would want to when we get our lives to the Lord would just like to just check out and just sit in a church and just mm. that like mm. you have to have vision for your life outside the church I mean as a pastor leader for myself yes I have to have an influence inside the church I have a call I have a responsibility but also it has to impact your life at home it has to impact in things that you have vision outside of the ministry as well yeah no it's interesting because I mean when, when I'm looking at the chapters I had to go through all that stuff in order to get perspective. And then not only that, as I was going through these life circumstances, I started teaching uh, shine Bible studies through the Gospels of Mark and John. Yeah. I did all Mark, and then I got halfway through John in three years of just going through it. And a lot of that teaching is 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 in here. In like I had to I had to learn how to teach. I had to learn the Word even more and more, and then apply it. I applied it to all these life applications. So I had to go through this whole process in order for this book to be what it is. If I would have just wrote it in my, my first book deal, like just to write my testimony, that would have just been my yeah. biography and not even close to being as powerful yeah. as this. I mean, this is like, you know, this is, I was just talking on a previous show, how this is, um, I'm, you know, I'm 45 years old. So this is like 45, uh, 45 years compacted, yeah. you know, into the highlight reel of like the power of God and what, mm -hmm. how he uses you. Stuff that people need to hold on to, you know. So what? Do you have a vision for more books or what? I'm writing one right now. Nice. Uh, book two. Um, it's going to be about, because this this book, I end with a chapter called No Posers. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, you know, I end it with that Mary and Martha story. You know, mm -hmm. are you a Mary or are you a Martha? You know, are you, are you distracted or are you a worshiper? You know, mm -hmm. and from that chapter, you basically leave the last chapter. Like, you should be like on fire for God. When I say on fire... You should be asking God to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and going, God, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm ready. I'm killing the noise. Let's go. What that? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. So the next chapter is basically, or not the next chapter, but book two would be like, okay, now, now what do you do? Mm -hmm. At leading book one, now this is what look. This is what the Great Commission looks like mm -hmm. in life application. Not literally like the Great Commission isn't like I'm going out and I'm. You know, I'm going to be a missionary in Africa. Yeah, that is the Great Commission, but Great Commission is all around us. Mm -hmm. It just says go, right? Go and make disciples. So go is just like going from wherever you're at, going to the office, going to school, going to the church, going to work, going to the skate park, going to the baseball game. Going, as you're going, mm -hmm. as you're going, you're making disciples, right, yep. of the nation. So wherever you're at, you're a coach. So you're there, you're talking to the coaches, you're talking to the kids, you're talking to the parents when God opens the opportunity, but you're going. So we're not supposed to be stagnant and sitting. So as you're going, that would be the Great Commission. So I'm going to do a whole story on the Great Commission on, you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. There's, dude, this, I'm, this book, I pitched it to, the, to my book agent and they were like, let's go. Sure. I was sitting there for a minute like, what's he going to think? Because I, I walked through all the chapters with him. Yeah. I went, chapter one, do, 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 and he's like, that sounds amazing. I'm yeah, like, and those guys are cool because they're straight shooters too. Oh yeah, they're they, not they, gonna. Yeah, they're not. If you have a crappy idea, yeah, they're not gonna pick up. This is this is you know they're not gonna go pitch it to. I mean these guys deal with like you know Max Lucado and uh, they did like Cray's book and like all these uh, Jerry, David Jeremiah. He represents yeah. all, these ben big, Carson, all these big all the uh, Carson. What's yeah. his name? Ben Carson. Ben Carson. Yeah. Uh, he even did a book for Franklin Graham. 
So this guy, he only deals with the biggest. You know, uh, he's not going to. If you have a uh, idea, it's not going to work. It's not going to go. But yeah, they. He was like, "Let's go." So I'm actually more excited about book two, even though this book is great. Mm -hmm. It's a, but book two, I'm excited because this is like all like just being filled with the spirit, being in the word, and then seeing the word come alive in the Great Commission, mm -hmm. like seeing God move in power. And uh, speaking to people and touching people's lives and just hearing testimonies of, of, of people. Dude, it's going to be amazing. So okay. it's isn't coming. That, isn't that a trip that you hated reading growing up and now you're putting books together? Well, yes. <laughs> um, I, I, I still hate reading. <laughs> I'm an audio. I'm an audio guy. Yeah. So audio books. I do audio books and I do audio Bible studies. Um, I don't know. My brain retains uh, for audio for some reason. I don't know. just the way it works mm -hmm. reading because I'm a poor reading level. And that's why I created the book. I, I saw one of my friends the other day and I'm like, here's a book. He's like, I, he's like, I don't read. I am horrible at reading. I go, dude, I wrote it for people with ADD, people that have a horrible reading level skills. <laughs> I wrote it for you to actually <laughs> read to keep. Yeah. This is book is for you. So, um, but, uh, that's the way I created it. So it's not in these like massive words that are going to trip you up. But my problem is I have dyslexia too. So when I read, I see things backwards and sometimes I'm trying to figure words out and then I get lost in trying to figure this word out and I lose my whole train of thought where the book's going. Yeah. So, but audio, it just flows in, it yeah. sticks with me and that's just, uh, what, what works for me. Okay. So let's, let's talk about your trip to Arkansas yeah. a little bit, but like, after that book was released, you, you ended up going to Arkansas pretty French. You met up with Sonny Head, all those guys. Like, what are they saying about the book? Or let, let, just a little bit. Talk about the trip. But, like, what's the impact that you're seeing over there? Yeah, so we got, we got booked for Arkansas. So as I'm packing my bags, I'm like, okay, hold on. Where exactly is Arkansas? Because <laughs> I, know, I know it's over in the Midwest somewhere, right? right? But so I went, we went, I looked where it's at. I'm like, okay, so wait, what's the weather like? You know, I... So um, it said like the weather was going to be like 80 or something. So I was like, okay, dude, this is amazing. Good weather. So we show up there. Turns out we got there in perfect weather. Okay. Normally it's like really humid. Okay. It wasn't humid? No. Well, a little bit of humidity, but not like, like, no, I don't know if you've ever been to like Kansas City or Missouri where it's I've like. Been, I've been in North Carolina and it was Hell horrible. hot humidity. And you're like, dude, you're just yeah. wet, soaked. Yeah. No, it wasn't like that. Okay. But we were doing skate contests. So you get soaked, you know, start getting wet when you're skating. But anyway, I get there and I'm like, so dude, tell me about Arkansas. And I, I, I actually ended up sitting between these, this, uh, uh, a girl on a plane that was a, uh, well, the plane I was supposed to be on, it was missed my connection. So they got me off United, they put me on American. I ended up in the back of the plane, um, like in the very back, like by the bathrooms. And I was sitting there next to this girl with purple hair and this other girl. And it turns out this girl was a swinger, <laughs> swinger. Like she's like, I have two husbands. I'm like, what? what? She's like, yeah, I live in Arkansas. I have two husbands. I'm like, what the heck is going on in Arkansas? Anyway, and then I'm talking to this other girl in Arkansas, which I later found out that is the Bible Belt. So the swinger lives there. She has two husbands. And this other girl I'm meeting there, she grew up and her, her, her dad was gay. So basically, she grew up with a dad that had a boyfriend in the house living in Arkansas. So I'm like, isn't much different than Hollywood. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, same problems everywhere you go. Same, same issues. So anyway. Talked to them, got to hang out with them for the whole trip uh, on the way to Arkansas. Got there, and then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, guys, so what's going on in Arkansas? They're like, well, if you go north, you know, you don't want to stay out after the lights go down because that's like one of the KKK headquarters. Oh, wow. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> this is like a real thing over here? <laughs> yeah, man. If you have colored skin, you don't want to go over there. You know, so I had Sonny, you know, he's Latino, so, yeah. you know, he got the dark skin. So we didn't stay out past late, <laughs> past, past the street lights. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, but it's beautiful there. 
Mm. It's really beautiful, really green. And uh, what we did is we went to, um, we worked with a, a series of churches, all different denominations, um, five churches in five days, all five different churches, uh, really awesome pastors and leaders really got the, one of the guys Kate got saved out of the hippie movement, the, um, the Jesus movement. Wow. And he's a pastor out there now in, uh, in Arkansas, in Little Rock, but we hit all the local skate parks. And you know, skate parks, it's the same crowd. You got the drugs, you got the alcohol, people are smoking weed, drinking beer cans. It's just that rough mm. crowd. But we went, we did best trick contest. Everyone heard what we said. We prayed for people to give their life to Christ. We had a high impact on people getting saved. Uh, and then I was passing out books, dude. I was like, I was like, hey man, at the end, I'm like, cause they know I'm a skater and I grew up in the skate industry. I'm like, look, man, I'm all, I know, I don't even know if any of you guys read or not, you know? But I'm like, if you guys read and if you want this book, so this is a this is a, a cool story that will that will help you with uh, issues that are going on in your life. If you want it, come up to me and I'll give it to you. I'm not gonna just give it to you. If you want it, come and get it. Dude, they all came up. Wow. And what's cool about the South, people in the South are so cool, man. They're such nice, they're like, sir, ma'am, sir, ma'am. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, relax, you know, but they're just really genuinely you got by that. they're really nice, mm. cool, genuine people. So we had a we had a really great time in the South. We saw all kinds of people get saved. We were baptizing people. See, they don't care out there. Like so with the Christianity that the South has, they're like, we're going to give the message. And then after, if you want, if you want prayer, we're going to play worship. You come up, we're going to lay hands on you. Yeah. We're going to pray that God's going to heal you spiritually, physically. Like they, they don't play games there. They're just mm-hmm. like all, you know, I'm, cause I'm like, kind of like, you know, churches here, different places. I believe like if you say, if you want to call people, to lay hands on people after it's kind of like, is that cool? I don't know. Is that right, bad? Right. Dude, that's just the way they roll in the South. Mm. And, and from there, then they're like, if you want to get baptized, if you were encouraged, we, we got a t-shirt and we got some shorts that you can wear. You're going to, we're going to hook you up. You can get baptized. Dude, they brought out the tank and we started dunking people right there in the church. That's awesome. They had like a, a like a horse trough or, yeah. or no, it was a blow up pool. One place had a horse trough. The other place had a blow up pool. Dude, they just baptized you right there on the spot. Wow. And, uh, we baptized all kinds of, and they even told us like, oh, we've never baptized this many people in one service. That's it was, it was, and one of the pastor's wife, uh, daughters, um, she, uh, I got to, um, it was cool. This is kind of a, <clears throat> I get choked up thinking about mm-hmm. this because <clears throat> it's kind of a cool, it's a real cool thing because we were, um, we were in the green room in the, in this backstage area and the pastor, you know, he's just being very polite, you know, he's a really cool guy. And he's just like, I'm not going to mention his name right now, but um, he's just like, he, you know, he's like, hey, hey, really quick, I just want you to meet. You know, we're with Sunning Head, so these are rock stars, right? Mm-hmm. So typically people think, you know, rock stars want to be by themselves and isolated and don't, everyone just stay yeah. away from them. But Sunning Head aren't like that. Right. You know, they're like normal guys. They're rock stars, but they're not, act, they don't act like rock stars. No. So the guy's like, hey, um, oh, by the way, this is my, it's like younger daughter. She came in and said hi to her dad. And, and I'm like, oh, who's this? And he's like, oh, this is my daughter. And I go, oh, cool. And she goes, okay, honey, thank you. Thanks for coming. I'll talk to you in a minute. I go, no. I go, hey, I go, do you guys want to hang out? And he's like, what? Is it really? Is that, that's cool? I go, yeah. I go, where's, where's your wife? Where's your kids? Where's your family? And he's like, oh, yeah, these are them. I go, dude, everyone come in. Grab your food and come and hang out with us. Yeah. So just that connection brought them in and basically what happened is she was as pastor's kids she's just going through a hard season and like very very difficult season we'll just say and and i didn't know i but i I was loving on him and hanging out with him and god was just he kept drawing me to this 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 girl there 
and throughout the services, through the different time I'd see her, I'd talk to her, whatever. And then I spoke the last night and dude, I just wa I walked off stage to pray for people and I looked over and I saw her mm. and she just looked like she was worshiping and I walked up and I just started, I said, can I pray for you? And I just started praying into her and dude, she just started bawling. Mm. God was just giving me stuff for her. And, and I can't remember exactly what I said, but I just prayed over her and she just started crying. And, wow. and I was just like, that my God, God wants to do something right now in you. And I said, I'm going to pray for you to get filled. And I just kept praying over her. And then I, I stepped back in a minute and then I looked at her and, and I go, I go, have you ever been baptized? And she's like, yeah, when I was like nine, I go, you need to get baptized. And she starts bawling. She's like, that's so crazy because God was just literally telling mm -hmm. me to get baptized. Now, this is the pastor's kid yeah. in front of this big church. Like, it's a big church. It's like yeah. our sanctuary fool to do this. She's in her normal street clothes. She didn't come to get baptized. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what happened is um, God, in very long story short, through the message that through that message whatever I said that night or whatever it was just hitting home boom 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 and then the prayer and God the Holy Spirit was just getting her boom boom mm. boom 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 and she just surrendered it all and we prayed for her and and I did I took off my shoes I jumped in the dunk tank That's I jumped so cool. in and I go We're, I'm baptizing you right now and I just went in there and I freaking dunked her right mm. there in the, in the in the church and it was just such a just an amazing thing and then I even got to talk to one of the other pastor's daughters out there. And, and she got to, she was, she was going through some stuff and, um, just got to minister to her and pray for her. And God just like showed up in her life and just That's impacted so her. And it was just cool because, you know, there was just so much awesome ministry going on in the, in the skate parks with, with the non-Christians. But to me, cause I'm a pastor's kid. And when you grow up in that environment, you feel like you have to be okay. Mm -hmm. And if you're a Christian, and you're walking with God. Like me, I rebelled. I was like, ah, forget this. Yeah. You know, I don't care about nothing. Oh, I'm bad. Good. I know that. Like, I don't care. You know yeah. what you say, idiot, you yeah. know? But when you're literally trying to do what's right and you're getting attacked, and not by people, but just you're getting attacked and you're just, you have this like, this weight you're carrying to be, feel like you have it all together. But you don't. You're a kid. Yeah. You're trying to figure it out. You're in junior high or high school or whatever all through life. Mm. But God used me to... God has given me a, a ministry, I believe, with, with pastors' kids. Mm. And 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 um, got to just pour into them, and, and they got to set free. And just, I think, things I got to speak about into their life that, like one person I said, did you know it's okay not to be okay? And she's like, what? She said, I've never heard that before. Mm. I said, yeah, it, it's okay not to be okay. Like, you <laughs> We're Christians. You don't have to be perfect. We're under construction. You know, we've, we've said that before on this radio yeah. show. If you're a Christian, you're under construction and you're a work in progress. It's okay not to have everything figured out. And that was like a, it was like the lights came on. Bing. It was like this freedom came. Yeah. And like, oh, oh. And we prayed and she just said she felt like this heaviness just come off of her. Wow. And it was just like the enemy. He wants to deceive you. He wants to get you tripped up and and wrapped up in bondages as a Christian or a, a non-Christian. But it was cool. And now they got the book. And I said, hey, go. I go, everything, all these questions that you have, these things, I go, I answer them all through here. I take you in that process. But it's uh, it's been really cool. And then also, since I'm talking about pastors' kids, um, I got this uh, I got this DM from, you know, Zoe Poncho Juarez? Yeah, yeah. From Calvary Chapel, uh, yeah. Montebello. Uh-huh. 
I got this text from her the other day. She's the one that posted that picture of the book where it's all like signed or all like written oh, in notes. Nice. Cause I'm like, Hey, I'm all, did you get I go, Cause she goes, I got the book. I go, did you read it? And she sent me all of her notes and she's like, Ryan, this, and this is the pastor's kid yeah. that I actually had a, a, a chance to actually um, pour into. Actually, I don't even know if I have. Yeah. She's a cool girl. I think I might've actually deleted it. I, did I delete it? Oh, that sucks. I'm about to look it up. But she basically just sent me a, a DM just saying, Ryan, thank you. She's like, I was just telling my friend the other day when I was 15 years old, uh, you were speaking at my church and I came into the back room and you were there and I just poured into her. Mm. And I just probably along the lines, just I just loved her and just let her know like it doesn't matter. Like she doesn't have to follow the Jesus that her mom and dad follow because Jesus is going to be unique to her mm -hmm. and God has a unique plan for her. And it, she's an individual and not to get caught up in all the hype and just focus on who Jesus of the Bible is. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're going to find your call. And, and anyway, she said she went into like a messy relationship and just weird stuff. And I kept, I would text her out of nowhere and I'd reach out cause I follow her on Instagram mm -hmm. and I'd reach out. Hey, how you doing kid? Love you. And I just, these little moments of these crazy times where I just encourage her. And then I brought her into a uh, do shine. Yeah, no, I remember uh, she just wrote it all out. Like she's like all these moments that me and Crystal reach would reach out to her. And we embraced her when she was just in a really bad place in her life. Mm -hmm. didn't, didn't know what the heck was going on. I don't even know if she was walking with God at these points. Probably not, but I embraced her and brought her in and just that love through those, those, that time over the last dude, this had to be at least six years, seven years. And now she got the book. She's on fire for God. She's just surrendered. And, and here she is. And it took just six years of just these, these moments. You Do, know? That, that vision right there is important. Like, because we was talking about the hurting generation, but it's like, it's inside the church. It's outside the church. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Like you can't put people, labels on people and it's like, oh, they're the, the church or, or whatnot. And they just got everything together. It's just it's as not, bad. It's We're just messed as up. Sometimes, right? And like, that's real. It's that that pressure that somebody pastors kids or just kids that are very involved in a ministry, but you know, they feel like they have to be like this square and be perfect. And they put all this pressure on themselves and that doesn't need to be there. And really the, the encouragement to them is just like growing in your own relationship with God and being led by God's spirit and like allowing conviction in your life and allowing change that happens and growth that happens in your life. But it's a process. I, I actually, I actually found it. It says oh, cool. this, I'm going to read it. It says, uh, I was talking to my friend Melissa about the time when I was 15 and you sat with me and poured into me at my dad's church. And then in between when I was doing announcements at Shine and then the random phone call a couple years back when I was living in the most janky apartment with a situation with a whack guy. All to say is that you and Crystal have always believed me, believed in me and seen me. Um, even in the middle of my confusion and grossness, you guys will forever have a special place in my heart. Mm. See, and that's it. It's just loving people in the, in these in these places, yeah. you know. And and I obviously knew that she was in a in a crazy place, you know. Mm -hmm. And 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 I knew she's a pastor's kid, so she, what yeah. what can I tell her? Beat her over the head with the Bible. She already knows. Sure she knows. already knows. Um, but you just have to love her and and believe. And then here here she is walking with God and. And that's it. I gotta get her on the radio show. No, I, li I, I like Zoe. <laughs> I remember when she was a part of uh, Shine down there for sure. And I follow her on Instagram too because of the Shine stuff and just the uh, the interaction that we all had with her. I actually saw a video she did recently where she kind of 
gave like her whole vision of what she does now like as far as she had this uh passion for for styling and all that kind of stuff yeah. so it's kind of cool yeah to see that it's dope that she got that book and be able to get impacted that's an amazing because there's a lot of people that can relate to that ryan i i think a lot of people feel like they have to be this cookie cutter perfect person and if they're not then they're not good yeah, is- I, I I would want to speak into that. You know, to be honest, what I've what I went I've been going through a crazy season this year, and it's God's grace, and it's been very it's been a hard time. Just as you know, a lot of my old things have been coming up in my life, just from like anger and different things of like because of hard times. You know, you mm-hmm. go through, and not like I I'm not, I never went back to porn and all that stuff, but just more like the old man coming alive in different ways and just trying to like work out my faith with fear and trembling and just trying to just get through it and, 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 and dealing with storm after storm and just hard times and stress and all this stuff. And you know, what I've honestly seen through this time is that God's grace is sufficient. And and that sounds may sound cliche, but I've seen the power of God manifest even more in my life, honestly, mm-hmm. like doing ministry. Cause you think, Oh man, I'm not, I'm I'm in this place in my life, like how can I be used in ministry? But when I go out on the Great Commission and I'm out praying for people and leading people, I'm seeing more people get saved. I'm seeing more people get healed. I'm seeing more miracles and more stuff happen. And the power of God manifested through me because God's like, Ryan, I know you're a knucklehead, but I know I got your heart. It's my heart that he has. So he's gonna just manifest through me through his grace. So you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. You gotta just keep. You has to have your heart, and your heart means that you you're mad at yourself when you mess up. That's what repenting is, dude. Why did I do that? I need to stop doing that. Okay, stop doing it, <laughs> and go to God. And if you continually have that thought process, then you have God has your heart. Yeah, and you gotta read His Word. I was just talking to somebody about that the other day. And it's just a, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Does it mean that David was perfect? No, man. He had. Not only stuff that happened late, later in his life, but he made mistakes along the way, too. You know, sometimes he got ahead of God. A lot of times he waited upon God in his life, and it just goes for us as well. It's like, it's just having a relationship with God. That's it. That's it. It's the basic. I need to talk about that in book two, actually. <laughs> That's a good idea, is just the simplicities and not get caught up in the hype mm-hmm. of, of, of Christianity. But um, when I say Christianity like the institution, the bubble, or what you think, like look at the word for face value and look at these characters of the Bible. You just said David. Look at Peter. Mm-hmm. Look at Paul. Look at these guys mm-hmm. and study their character. Moses, all these guys, it's just all grace, but they had God had their heart, yeah. right? And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. All right, go to killthenoisebook.com or thewhosoevers.com and you can buy a book. Buy a couple. People are buying stacks of them and giving them out. Um, finding uh, Kill the Noise, Finding Meaning Above the Madness, or just go to your one click away on Amazon Prime. Click it. There's tons of reviews on there that will help you with uh, um, um, reading more about it. Go to thewhosoevers.com. Book us. Buy some products. If you guys want to donate, keep us on mission. We are on mission. We haven't stopped during the pandemic, and we will not stop. Um, Sean? Thank you for being on the show. Love being back. Ron, we will mm-hmm. see you when we get to heaven. We mm-hmm. love you. You are greatly missed. Um, just uh, the stories at the funeral. I cannot wait to hear more stories when we get to heaven. <laughs> You're a wild man. I love you. Um, yeah, dude, it's on and cracking. We'll see you guys next weekend. Peace. Love you guys. Peace.
This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show.